Uh, I remember when I was in school, if we were in school and someone was needed to be a volunteer for something uh, and no one was volunteering, the teacher would say, I need a volunteer or a victim. You ever heard that? Uh, They were asking for volunteers or victims. Or I remember with some, some time, probably when I was in youth group, the youth pastor might ask us to do something and be like, hey, who would be willing to X, Y, Z? And we would do this thing like everybody would put their finger on their nose and be like, you know, the last person to put their finger on their nose would have to do it. And I never knew what was going on because I never did that. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Because I, I wasn't in youth group initially and I was the one that had to go. I think it's called Nose Goes. I think that's what it's called. My kids do this thing now. My girls do this thing. Um, it just happened this morning. I asked someone to, to do something and the girls do this thing now where they say, not it. Uh, and, and everybody has to say, not it, first. And whoever doesn't say, not it, the last person to say, not it, has to do it. So this morning, it was either this morning or last night, I asked them to do something with their younger sister. And they all said, not it. And I said, well, everybody's doing it then. That's what I said. So I ended that real quick and, and had them all do it. But you know what I'm talking about. When, when someone is needed for a volunteer for something or asked to do something and no one wants to do it, everybody kind of looks around and then there's always someone who kind of feels guilty like, all right, I'll do it because no one else will. Um, that should not be true in the body of Christ. That should not be true within the body of Christ. We've been talking in a series called Essentials. And we've been speaking about what are some essentials that as a follower of Christ, we need to be participating in doing. We need to have our lives marked by or be uh, inundated in as if we are to be followers of Christ who are growing in Christ and who are serving him well. And we talked about the necessity as followers, as believers in Jesus Christ to pray. We talked about the absolute necessity to be in God's word and to study the word of God and apply the word of God and be obedient to the word of God. We talked uh, last week about the absolute necessity as believers in Christ to gather together and, and you're here this morning together gathered and how this is something that is absolutely necessary, important and valuable that we're gathering together to worship our great God. And then this morning as we conclude this series, we want to look at the essential of serving. You can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 if you're not there already. And we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning. And in doing so, uh, look really at the entire chapter, which we're going to have to do it pretty quickly. Um, but what I would like to do this morning is I would like to just look at four facts. Four facts that this passage lays out for us. And then from there, I want to just share four statements of truth and then give four challenges uh, for us as we go from here. So facts, truths, and challenges this morning. Uh, so buckle up as we go because we got to go a little bit quick uh, with these facts, truths, and challenges. Look First 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's begin by looking at the reality that there is one spirit. There is one spirit. First Corinthians Chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. 
To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This passage lays out very clearly the first 11 verses. It's mentioned again and again and again and again that there is one Spirit, the same Spirit, one Spirit, the Spirit of God that is empowering the believer, that is gifting the believer, that has saved the believer in Christ. There is one Spirit. This is fact. Paul lays it out very clear. It is the same Spirit of God that was within Paul the Apostle that is within you and I today as believers in Jesus Christ. Let that sink in for a minute. The same Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead is the same Spirit that empowers you and I. The Spirit of God. This is important for us to understand this morning. That it's the same Spirit because there is but one one spirit. It's interesting. We don't have time to go through all of these gifts and explain them and talk through them. But, but I want to just point out, even at the very outset of verse 3, he says, I want you to understand no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. It is even the spirit of God that is responsible for our confession that Christ is Savior. We believe and we know him because of the working of the Spirit of God in our lives, opening our eyes. It's by the same Spirit that we can even confess and say that Jesus is Savior. If that is your confession today, that is only possible through the empowering of the Spirit of God in your life. And every single person here who is a believer in Christ and has confessed Christ as Savior today, you have participated in or with that same Spirit, the Spirit of God, one Spirit. We'll get to why that, we already see why that's so important, but we'll get to even more reasons why that's so important in just a moment. Secondly, there is but one body. The body of Christ is one body. Look at verse 12 and 13. He says, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Again, the one spirit is emphasized again and again, even in these two verses, but he's also emphasizing the one body that we are in Christ. And he gives the the picture just as the body is one and has many members. And he's speaking here just of of what you would see even with the natural body. This is one body. No one would look at me and say, man, you got like multiple bodies up there. It's one body with many parts or many members as it were. He says, so it is true with the body of Christ. We are many but one. There are many members, but one body. By one spirit, we were baptized into one body. Jews, Greeks, slaves, free, and we're all made to drink of one spirit. 
And so again, Paul is laying a foundation here for the believer in understanding there is but one spirit who empowers and opens our eyes to the truth of the gospel, to confess that Jesus Christ is Savior. Upon confession of Christ as Savior, that one spirit that opened our eyes and allowed that confession even to be possible, then baptizes or places us, many members, into one body, the body of Christ. And so we, though many are one. We are one body in Christ. And so again, this is leading up to, I think, some truths and some actions for us that we'll see in just a moment, but I want us to be on the same page. Understand, we've confessed Christ as Savior through the empowerment of one spirit. That same spirit baptizes the many members into one body, the body of Christ, And so we collectively as a body of believers are part of that one body, the body of Christ, the church. One spirit baptized by one body, many members. Look at verses 14 to 20. For the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Again, do you see the many members and why this is absolutely essential and necessary? I wonder, have you ever come into church and you've looked at other people who are serving or other people who are using the gifts God has given to them and you think, man, it's so important that they are there at the church and serving at the church, but I'm not important. I have no role to play. Not according to what Paul is laying out here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because he said, what good is it? I mean, I think most of us hear that God has enabled to have eyesight. And there may be some here who do not. Those of you that are here that you have been enabled to have eyesight, you you can see. You love the fact that you're able to see. But I would venture to say you're also very thankful that you can hear. And I'm sure you're very thankful as well that you can eat. And that you can walk. And you can talk. And Paul lays out something very simple here. He says, listen, seeing is good, the eye is good, but what if the whole body were just an eye? Then there'd be no sense of hearing, no sense of touch, and no sense of taste, and there would be no ability to walk and to be able to function because the body needs all of its members together. And when one part of our human body is not working correctly, we feel that in the rest of our body, don't we? We feel that. I had shared a couple weeks ago, it was last week in the Family Life Center, that I was cutting some wood up for a fire. And when I did, I, I took this one branch and I broke this branch. And when I did, it sliced my finger open, my pinky finger. And so later on when I was taking a shower, I mean, I'm washing my body. And when I washed my one finger, it was like pain. And I was like, ah, like this little finger felt that pain. That's all that was, was this little finger. But isn't it true that when one part hurts, we hurt? 
And so Paul lays out this reminder that there's one spirit by which we've believed and we're baptized into the body of Christ, one body, that there are many members as part of that body and there is yet one identity. In verses 21 to 31, in the concluding part of this chapter, Paul says this, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our, understand, our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. There is one spirit, one body, many members, one identity. He tells us in verse 27, after speaking of the fact that we have no right as members within the body to say, I have no need of you, because we need one another. We rejoice together, we suffer together, we comfort together. And he says, you now, you collectively, you members, you are now the body of Christ and individually members of it. We have but one identity. We are in Christ. We are in Christ. And so no matter who you are, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are in Christ. Christ. You're part of his body, the church. And we are many members but one identity. Now, with all of those facts that Paul lays out in mind, let's just look at some truthful statements then as a result of these facts. Number one, every believer belongs. Every believer belongs. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you believe in Jesus Christ, you belong as part of the body. God did this on purpose. He says, Paul says here, the eye cannot say to the hand in verse 21, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, he says, listen, there is no part of the body of Christ, the members that are part of the body, that can be said by any other member, you're not needed, you don't belong. Because we are needed and we do belong within the body of Christ. Every believer belongs. I think it's easy sometimes as followers of Christ, and I believe this was something that we saw Paul struggle with, Paul the Apostle struggle with in light of his past, to truly understand and accept the reality that if you know Christ as Savior, you belong as part of this body. Sometimes it's easy, isn't it, for us to think, not me, I've done too much. In my past. Take a look at the Apostle Paul's life. Read about his past, what he's done, and how Christ transformed him. And then look at what he did through the power of God in the church. 
Every believer in Christ belongs within the body of Christ. This again was why we spoke last week about the necessity of gathering together. We need one another. Secondly, every believer has a spiritual gift. Every believer has a spiritual gift. The word of God tells us that we are now the body of Christ, individually members of it. And in verse 28, God has appointed in the church. God has appointed. So God has on purpose appointed those within the church to serve in various capacities and with various giftedness. He tells us this in verse 4 of chapter 12. There are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. Variety of service, but the same Lord. Varieties of activities. It's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Every believer has a spiritual gift. Listen, if you're here and you know Christ as your savior today, and you would say, I got nothing. I, I have no way to be able to serve because I got no talents. I have no abilities. I have no giftedness. I have nothing with in me that God could possibly use or ask of me to serve. I would tell you, you are wrong in saying that. Because every believer in Christ that is baptized by the Spirit of God into the body of Christ has been empowered and gifted with gifts to serve. It's the responsibility you have that I have as a follower of Christ, as part of the body of Christ and individually members of it. We all have the responsibility. We all have spiritual gift, and every believer has a responsibility to serve. When Paul lays out this this kind of scenario where he says that the hand can't say to the foot, I have no need of you, and the eye can't say to the, I have no need of you. Listen, he's not only saying that every person is needed, but he's saying every person is needed, and they need to be functioning for the body of Christ to function as God has intended. We all have a responsibility to serve. If you're here and you know Jesus as Savior, it is your direct responsibility to serve utilizing the gifts, talents, and abilities God has given to you within the body of Christ. You belong here, and you should be serving here. And then every believer has an essential role to play. Every believer has an essential role to play. I don't know that everyone knows within our body how many people on a weekly basis serve within the body of Christ. Literally hundreds and hundreds of servants serving on a weekly basis. Between those that are serving as greeters and ushers, those that are serving at welcome centers, in our children's ministry, in our youth ministries, those that are serving with sound and tech and the, the singing and the band, those that are serving on maintenance here, keeping the building uh, cool in the summer and warm in the winter, those that are opening and unlocking the building, those that are serving with our coffee and donuts that are out there this morning, our kitchen ministry, and those that are serving in that capacity. I'm sure I'm missing people. There are so many that are serving in so many capacities on Sunday morning to be able to allow the ministry of the word of God to continue and go forth. And could we continue preaching the word? Could we continue preaching the word without any of that? Absolutely, we could continue preaching the word. But how good and amazing it is when the body of Christ is serving together our great God. For the body to be able to function as God has intended, every believer has an essential role to play. 
every believer. So with these facts and truths in mind, let me give us four challenges. Challenge number one, you belong as part of the body of Christ if you know Christ as Savior. So act like it. You belong as part of this body, the body of Christ. So act like it. We're told in Ephesians chapter 5 to be imitators of God as dear children. The words of our mouths, the meditations of our hearts should be pleasing and acceptable in the sight of God. Because you are part of the body of Christ. Paul would encourage the believer to put off the old and put on the new. To walk worthy of the calling to which we've been called. You belong, so act like it. Number two, you have a gift, identify it. I think sometimes the reason there are not people serving within the body is because they don't know in what capacity they should serve. But you have a gift, so identify it. How can you do that? Well, read the word of God. Find out what those gifts are that God has given within the church. Study it. Study spiritual gifts. Take a spiritual gift inventory and questionnaire. Ask those that know you, that have seen you and know you and serve with you where they see and identify that you are gifted to be able to serve the Lord. Identify where it is you should be serving. You have a gift. Identify it. Number three, you have a responsibility, so own it. You and I as believers in Christ have responsibility to serve. It's time we own that. Don't miss again what Paul says in verse 27. You are the body of Christ and individually members of it. We need to own that responsibility. And fourth, you have a role to play, so play it. How does God want you to serve today? Where does God want you to serve today? In what way does God want you to serve him today? Now certainly every believer in Jesus Christ has a responsibility to be sharing the gospel, the good news concerning Jesus with those that we come in contact with. Every believer in Christ has a responsibility to be reaching out with the gospel. But within the body we also have every one of us a responsibility to serve. This is absolutely essential for the body of Christ to serve. So I wonder, how are you serving today? What does your Sunday look like? What does your week look like? When opportunities to serve come up, what's your reaction? Not it. Nose goes. Volunteer victim. What's your reaction when you hear of service opportunities within the body of Christ? How do we respond? Are we willing to serve? Are we ready to serve? Are we eager to serve? Do we sense the responsibility to serve? Do we know the privilege to be a part of the body of Christ and to serve Christ? If you want to serve, there are many, 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 many ways you could serve. We always are in need of people who are willing to serve within the body. You can contact any one of our pastors. Ask or tell them you want to serve and in what areas you'd want to serve. And we will direct you in the right direction. But can I ask you today, will you make yourself available to serve our great God within the body of Christ?
Will you allow your heart and mind and attitude to be to the Lord? Lord, I know you've gifted me to serve you. I know I belong and it's my responsibility. I am available to serve however you want me to serve so that you might be glorified in my life, so that I might edify the body of Christ because I have responsibility within the body as a member of the body. So here I am. Let me serve you. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And we're going to close this morning in singing together a song about being available to serve our great God for his glory. If you're here today and maybe God has tugged on your heart to say, man, I I have just been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. But no more. I need to serve our great God. I want to pray for you this morning. Just bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment. And that's you this morning. You'd say, hey, I, I have not been serving the Lord as I should. But, man, today I realize I, I, it's time. I need to serve him. I need wisdom. I need direction. I need follow through. I need strength. And, and I'm asking that you would pray for me today that I would be faithfully serving the Lord because that's what he's called me to do. If that's you today. Would you put your hand up? I want to pray for you in just a minute. Yeah, good. Appreciate that. A lot of hands. That's good. That's good. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for the calling you've placed on our lives as believers to serve you. God, thank you for the privilege it is to be a part of the body of Christ. Thank you for the spirit of God and for the way that you have gifted us within the body. And I pray for every person that raised their hand this morning, God, that you would solidify in their heart and mind where you would want them to serve you and that they would follow through. And, Father, they would receive joy and blessing as they are a joy and blessing to others as they serve you. Lord, we tell you today as your children, we are available to you to be used for your glory, however you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen.